Okay, let's see. Looks like we got. I got some. Uh, got I've some got, old marks, I've got man. Movement. Yeah, I definitely have movement on my. Right, keep on my end. So. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we get into it? I think we should. We gotta get into it. Welcome. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I knew you were gonna <laughs> joke. I don't know. I, I, you know. I had that feeling. I saw you, you know. start it, and I was like, "This is the time." He's been doing so well. <laughs> but I saw that look so well. in your eye, that look oh, of how uncertainty. The have fallen. Yeah. I was really confused about what came after "welcome" because really nothing does. Okay, <laughs> let me try it again. Two normal toads saving the world with an Adam Sandler podcast. It may not be the first, nor the second, third, or fourth, but it's definitely a podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. All right. Okay, so here we go. We're doing a Chuck. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, uh, and we're just gonna get right into it. Uh, we don't have time to screw around for this one. No jokes. Uh, there's no jokes in this one. We just well, we never do jokes, right to but the, no dumb digressions. No digressions. Just... We're cutting right to the chase here. Uh, we're gonna talk about this movie. What's up? Uh, I was just gonna stop you. Um, I did want to just mention if people want to send in questions, complaints, Adam Sandler sightings, anything like that, they can do that at um, our email, which is four as podcast at gmail That's the number four, and then the letter a the letter S and then podcast at gmail.com. We're always happy to, we're probably always happy to respond to emails there. Okay. Take it away. All right. So today we're talking about, we now, I now pronounce you Chuck, who? (laughs) First person singular or first person plural? I think it's we now. (laughs) We, the audience. (laughs) Yeah. Or we, we society. It gets real meta. It's weird. I now pronounce you <laughs> Chuck and Larry. That must be what it's called. No one says yeah. we. We now pronounce you. Well, I mean, it by the state. Power invested in yeah. me by the state. So in, in some way, it's like, what about it pronounces you? It now pronounces you. It now pronounces you Chuck and Larry. It now pronounce it. Now the pronounce state. you, yeah, yeah. It now pronounces stay as this uh, unhuman apparatus that just exists yeah. uh, <laughs> solely to uh, oppress and to steal our money and call it taxation. God damn yeah. it! You must marry. I don't know why they it killed the people, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just feeling an Anne Rand. What is it, Anne Rand vibe? Here, so I thought yeah, I'd go with sure. it. Uh, you like know, it. she's the one that writes about the fucking uh, killer robots, right? Yeah, yeah, and the system. <laughs> yeah, how, the system. How screwed up the capitalist system is. I like the part is. where John, <laughs> the uh, this uh, big government. I love the part where John Galt is like fighting the robot, like the cyborg man, yes. and he's like, "I'm fucking John Galt," and then he spears it with a trident, and the right. trident had labeled. It has like a little tag on it like a scroll that comes off of it out of the back and it says liberty Ooh, man see i haven't seen the movie i haven't seen that yet 
but it sounds good. <laughs> it is <All> right. good. <laughs> it sounds really good the way you talk about it. If if that doesn't exist, uh, it should. Yeah. Um, do we want to go ahead and jump into this uh, movie description? All right. Yep. Do it. Okay. Me? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, all right. Chuck and Larry are two of New York City's finest firefighters. Uh, they, uh, so the whole, man, I can never sustain that. It's just, there's so much pressure. I, my chest starts hurting. Um, so Chuck played by Adam Sandler, Larry played by, uh, Kevin James, um, two firefighters in Brooklyn and, um, Kevin James's wife, uh, passed away, um, I think due to illness, but under mysterious circumstances before the actual movie starts um and so he uh has to uh so so there are some issues with like getting um his this sucks i'm really sucking it up right now it's all that it's all that really it's really all that complicated legal stuff so essentially what happens is if chuck dies his his like his own insurance isn't going to pay his kids anything um, and so he needs to get that switched over, but the only way he can apparently is to remarry. That's the easiest way to do it. So he decides to ask his really good friend. Uh, actually, he decides to ask his really good friend Chuck. I mean, Chuck and Larry; these two names are interchangeable. I'm going to interchange them throughout this entire episode. Oh, you, you don't just remember what's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I do, but I just keep saying the different ones. So Larry is Kevin James. Kevin James needs Adam Sandler to marry him so that he can get the money, but. Um, when that happens, the state starts investigating to make sure this is a legitimate relationship. And so the whole movie is kind of them trying to navigate this fake marriage um, as, you know, people slowly catch on that something's a little weird about Chuck and Larry. The movie? The, yeah, but also just the people, the two guys. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're a little weird. Yeah. But you know um, who isn't anymore? Who? Who isn't anymore? I don't know why I said anymore. Oh. <laughs> who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't I, I, I a thought, little weird? I thought you were saying, <laughs> who amongst you know who us? isn't anymore? And I thought you were going to say John Galt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's, he's not weird. He's not weird. He's American. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um... um so yeah, in the movie, they hire a lawyer played by Jessica Biel named uh, Alex, probably Alex Hudson. Um, and she um, is not only their lawyer and trying to kind of help them and trusting that they really are a gay couple, but also kind of slowly falls in love with um, with Chuck, Adam Sandler's character. Um, and maybe that's the first thing we can talk about is just the how these two characters could be differentiated from each other. Because they're very different characters it just so happens yes. that for whatever reason the names chuck and larry uh are just the I, exact same name in my brain yeah. the same neuron fires when you say either one of those names i think that's the point okay they're just like average dude names this guy's name is chuck and this guy's name is larry and they're getting yeah. married <laughs> wow did you watch the trailer too because you sound exactly <laughs> like the guy on the trailer <laughs> well i don't i don't want to boast but uh I've done a little bit of voiceover work here and there, and uh, uh, 
but actually I uh, I recut the trailer as a hobby oh, on cool. YouTube. So That's maybe cool. you watched Even, that one. I, I probably did. There are a lot, actually. I, I recut trailers, but I try to make them as close to the original as possible. Oh, uh, I don't well, try to do anything all, funny. I now pronounce I just... you Chuck and Larry. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they... <laughs> when you're a specialist, uh, you okay. really don't want to mess with the, the thing that you're a specialist in. That's uh, fair. That's how you grow, is by doing the same thing over and over again. You just get better and better and better. 10,000 hours, that's the rule. Yeah, exactly. You spend 10,000 hours overdubbing Chuck and Larry trailer. You By the end of it, you're going to be a master. Yeah. Uh, what was your question? Um, who isn't anymore? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about Chuck and Larry, so just these two uh, pretty distinct characters, uh, and maybe you want to want to describe uh, you know compare and contrast these two guys yes uh adam sandler uh is playing one of them and he is a uh he is a single man uh and he is a bit of a uh tomcat i suppose you could call him uh <laughs> no he's like a womanizer he likes uh, he, i put rampant awful misogynistic whore that's <laughs> A tomcat, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> a, real, a real John Galt type. Um, but yeah, so he has a string of affairs with different women. Uh, he is, uh, and it's explained because he's been on the cover of the Fireman uh, shirtless calendar, the topless Fireman calendar uh, with his shirt off. And women just think he's very sexy, but uh, he just, he has a lot of... Uh, Female attention, so I don't know. He's a he's a womanizer, uh, and then we've got uh, 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 Kevin James, who uh, is um, whose character he's a widower. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Kevin James is uh, in this movie also, and his character he's a little bit he's a family man, but he he lost his wife. Uh, he's got two kids, uh, and he he really just he hasn't really moved on from his. Uh, from his wife but still keeps he, uh, her clothes in the closet and like pictures of her and i mean i, th I think it's only yeah. I, I think it's, it's been, been two what, years like, yeah it's kind of within i think it's absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, fair it's within range for that but um yeah so he uh and he's a little bit i guess he's a little bit more of a gentle type but both of them are pretty especially when they get together they've got this banter going they're just bros from back in the day and yeah. so they're kind of like they bust each other's balls a lot, and they're like, oh, I'm going to get you, Larry, or whatever. And yeah. he's like, not if I get your mom first. I don't know. You know, like normal banter. I participated in it. <laughs> I, know how, I know how they do that. Oh, yeah. I've been on a... I've had friends and I've, fucking busted balls and shit. For sure. Out on the court, a lot of the times yeah, is where that would happen with my court. friends. Yeah, yeah. I would always be on the sidelines, but, just, but like... <laughs> Yeah, it would a lot of it would happen there. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of uh, so yeah, they're always playing basketball and just being guys, you know, eating eating corn dogs. I think uh, a lot of scenes or, or with corn Coney, dogs. Yeah, Coney Island dogs. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, they probably uh, I don't know what else do they do? They play. Yeah, we talked about the basketball. They, they're I mean, firefighters. They're, safe, they're really yeah. close. They've been working together for yeah. a long time, the same shift. Yeah. And 
the the moment that um, kind of precipitates uh, Larry asking Chuck if he will marry him is um, Larry saves Chuck's life in a fire. Um, and it's like when they wake up in the hospital and Chuck is yeah. um, being a total dick to the doctor. Right. Um, that uh, Larry realizes, hey, wait, I have a way that you can repay me. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I realized that I love you. Because <laughs> when he said, when he asked him to marry him after the description that I gave of the, like, the dude characters, I was imagining, I think I forgot what the movie's about. And I was imagining, yeah, it's a movie. They're like, they're two old friends. They're just these regular guys from around the block. And they fall in love. And uh, they, they get married. <laughs> and I was just thinking, that would be kind of a good movie. That would be cool. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't actually be a good movie, but I don't know. When I well, got like, my heart melted a little bit. Yeah, like, like how oh, cool yeah, to have a movie love each other. with like the setup of Brokeback yeah. Mountain, but without like the really just awful, sad... I mean, like historically accurate you know to oh, certain be careful i haven't just... seen it oh yeah okay. i don't know well, i think that's up i think that's up next anyway um so we'll see it soon uh, yeah one of the things i was thinking about with this one um was so we have this whole movie that's based on false pretenses right like we're mm-hmm. gonna say we're married and let's see how long we can keep that going and so yeah. the tension throughout the entire movie is right pretty much the entire movie is just like are people going to realize they're not gay? Is the state going to realize they're not gay? Is Alex, the lawyer, going to realize that Chuck is lying to her yeah. and actually secretly attracted to her? And I was wondering if we've had another Adam Sandler movie that's so... I mean, that seems like kind of the basic situational comedy right. idea of like, you know, some there's like a mistaken identity or a misunderstanding or, or to false keep pretenses. A, trying to keep a ruse going. Yeah, and have we seen an Adam there Sandler was, movie like there that? There was no scene where they uh, said had they were supposed to have dinner in two different locations at once, though, and they have to yeah. keep... But it turns out to be at the same restaurant, so they keep running back and forth. Between that, them. Yeah, I think but we're going to get that in been. something like Jack and Jill. I feel like... Wait, no, maybe the whole movie was that because... Yeah, never mind. Is it um, the same person who's playing... Who? Jack and Jill. But in the context of the movie? I don't think so. <laughs> so there would be no reason I'm for invent that. A sister. Which is why I walked it back. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, is there another Adam Sandler movie that is based upon a ruse? Yeah, just like something so. I mean, that really carried the entire movie. That's... Yeah. I don't think so. You'd think there would be, but... Yeah, you're actually wrong, Chris. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I didn't come into this knowing, but while we were sitting here, I did think... Is Big Daddy one? Like, it's not really that important. I I think he... I don't know. The ruse is kind of important, but I feel like the state just kind of pops in periodically. And for the most part, everyone knows this is not his kid. He's not going around pretending... The heart... Yeah... The heart of that movie isn't him, them trying to, or him trying to deceive. I think it's him trying to learn to actually be like a good caretaker. But yeah. he's he's such a such a guy. He just <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. That's my next. That's gonna be my next trailer project. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good already, man. I think you got it. This guy now has a kid, but he's such a guy. Oh man, this kid. I love cereal, but he can't even pour the milk. 
that's a, that's a scene from Big that's Daddy. A I don't, yeah. yeah, that's a. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know that there are any others, but just, um, just, I wonder if there will be more as time goes on. It seems like a cheap but easy way to run a whole plot. You know, yeah. just set something up and let it play out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said that, you know, the, the point of, uh, of Big Daddy was kind of to um, this guy, like, trying to understand how to be a dad. And one of the things I felt like with this one is by the end of it, it's really about reform, <laughs> oddly enough. Like, a movie celebrating differences is really about how everyone needs to change. <laughs> so, like, um, by the end, I mean, this is this is uh, sort of spoilerish, but we all know by now. But, like, by the end of it, Larry, who's dealing with his grief, really what he needs to do is get over his, his dead wife and, and move on and start dating again. And Chuck needs to stop being... Uh, you know, an awful misogynist and settle down and find someone he can love who he finds in the lawyer, Alex. And then like overall the entire world apparently, you know, needs to shed its homophobia, which it manages to do. And we kind of have this like imagined, I don't know. Yeah. This ending where it's like, everything's okay now. Like the problems are not, not that they're saying that the problems are gone, but it definitely just kind of, washes over the fact that like okay yeah for these two very particular people um they didn't get in any trouble but yeah i guess yeah. everyone in their immediate circle at least uh sheds their homophobia yes at least as defined by the movie <laughs> yeah and they shed it as if yeah, I mean, it's just, like they're just cleansed. It's just yeah. this moment of cleansing. There's no deeper so, difficulty, which, I mean, I think we need to maybe get into in some of the plot. In order for this to happen, uh, Chuck and Larry needed to make uh, a sacrifice, essentially, of themselves. Uh, so I think what you're saying is that Chuck and Larry are Christ-like in this yes, movie. Yes, that is what I'm saying. That's what I... I'm writing right now for my dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> One of my dissertation chapters. Um, yeah, so um, could we... Let me, let's go back and maybe get a little bit more into the plot because okay. I feel like I, all I did was do the setup. So as, as Chuck and Larry are trying to maintain the semblance of their gay marriage, um, obviously the state is, is looking into it and the state's key investigator is... Um, Rob Schneider, uh, no, not Rob Schneider. What's his name? Steve Buscemi. Um, That's right, he, yeah. he plays Clint Fitzer um, and just like brings in an A plus performance, just as always. You know, Steve Buscemi really sells it. Um, but he's off, you know, he's playing an awful guy who's trying to, trying to prove that they aren't. Or, I don't know. Is he an awful guy? I don't know. We'll let you guys be the judge of that, or Chris and I later will be the judge of that in like 20 minutes. Um, and. So they have the state kind of investigating them, uh, but they also have, and maybe for me, one of the most interesting things is the firehouse and all of their coworkers are also slowly finding out that Chuck and Larry are gay. And so they're facing more and more ostracization, ostracism throughout the movie um, as the, the kind of the, the firehouse comes to know more and more about this situation and 
I guess just takes it at face value that they wouldn't be making it up, even though the the fire chief assumes they're making it up. Um, the fire chief played by Dan Aykroyd. Um, and so they're they're facing that. They're also like they go to this um, really huge pride party, uh, and outside there are some evangelical Christians who are you know telling them they're going to go to hell and stuff like that. So they're facing like you know criticism all over the place. Um, when they actually drive up to Canada to um, to get married, um, their cab driver calls them the the f word the the gay slur and um then they beat the shit out of him which i thought was uh funny and good uh but uh yeah so just like the whole movie is kind of like as they're as they are trying to keep up this ruse with the state all of their normal all of the normal things in their lives are also kind of falling apart um another example of that is um larry when uh, Larry goes to his son's, um, like, what's that called? Like, parent day where you, your parent comes in and explains what you do um, and explains what they do. And so Larry comes in and he's like, I'm a firefighter. And a kid raises their hand and is like, do you have two jobs? Because my dad also said that you were a butt pirate. And so that's like a laugh. But then as he's leaving, um, one of the dads played by... Um, dun, 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 dun. Oh, Covert Watch. Yeah, we got Alan Covert in this one. Yeah, that's he plays, right. He's he plays. Back. He plays Steve. Oh man, it felt so good to see yeah, that. It in his really face. did. Um, I was he plays Steve. <laughs> I thought he died. I kind of think he died. Dies after every movie, and then I'm like, oh no, he's he's still alive. Um, so he plays Steve, one of the fathers, um, and after this, like, this, you know, parent work day, whatever, um, he explains that Larry will no longer be needed for Boy Scouts, and Larry's like, oh, okay. Um, he's like, oh, no, we don't need uh, anybody to, for the, you know, we don't need your help coaching or anything. He's like, oh, okay, what's going on? And pretty much Steve is, you know, just a bigot and is saying we don't want, you know, a gay guy working with our kids. Um but then he gets beat up, so that's okay again. So, again, you know, it's just when you f- face bigots, you just have to meet them with violence. <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this, uh, One of the, doesn't Adam Sandler also beat up one of the uh, evangelical protesters? He does, After yeah. he also calls him the uh, F word? I think he does, yeah. Um yeah, so three at least three people get beat up in this movie. Um, yeah, for for being bigots. Um, what was oh what was I gonna say? Oh, Peter Dante is also in this movie. We don't have a Dante watch because um, apparently he's kind of a bigot himself. <laughs> Although I don't know, maybe that's not true. But I saw like a headline. Yeah. When we first started making this, so who knows? But he's also he's a firefighter and he's. Um, often seen playing basketball, but yeah. Yeah, Peter Dante's in this. And we also have, if we're going, are we going through them? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, We've got Rob Schneider. And you know what? Yeah, we do. You know what was funny is that I said when he showed up as a joke, 
oh, I bet that's Rob Schneider. Because in every movie, Rob Schneider plays a different ethnicity. Yeah. And uh, I was making a joke because I was like, there is no way they would do that. Right. But uh, it was. He plays there was a, a he way. He plays a... Uh, what is, do you think a Japanese or Japanese? Yeah, Japanese man. Yeah, he plays a Japanese man, and uh, he Which even gonna, has. They okay. even do some kind of, some kind of makeup or something around his eyes, uh, and he's doing an accent. <laughs> and, uh, plot, it's just right there in this movie that came out in two thousand seven. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they call that a yellow face, but uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, yeah. my reaction was a little bit um, less coherent than yours. It was just, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> just like why does this yeah. have to happen? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, I just me. didn't. I didn't believe it was him at first. Cause I was joking, and then I was like, oh, it is him. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, he's back. No, yep. he was in the last one. Was he right over me? <laughs> was he right um, over me? <laughs> Let me think about that. Uh, I don't think no, he would have worked in that yeah, one. Yeah, he wasn't in that one. Uh, you know who else is in this one? Uh, David Spade. David Spade's in this one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he, he, he's uh, in it too. He plays a gay man wearing a um, Playboy bunny Playboy outfit. Playboy bunny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Nick, Nick Swartzen. Yeah. He's in this also. He uh, Is this his second Adam Sandler appearance? I believe seen? it is, yeah. Okay. The first one was Click. Yeah. Yeah. He played the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond salesperson in Click. And he plays Amy, the lawyer's brother, Kevin, who is also a gay man. Dave Matthews is in this one. Yeah, that's a good that? one. Yeah. yeah. He never says a word. It's cool. That was a cool cameo, I thought. Yeah, it was. He works as a clo- like a sales associate at a clothing store. Yeah. While, um, so Amy and chuck go off on like a shopping day and amy is the lawyers trying on all these different outfits and chuck is kind of like giving his like i, I feel like this this is a common like trope to have mm-hmm. in a movie it's like that shopping montage where no one says anything they just kind of like make certain faces mm-hmm. and you know like oh that dress isn't going to work etc but they start doing that and then um and then he starts doing it with dave matthews and they just start doing it back and forth and little chemistry I, I, arises there yes yeah and that was one of the only i actually liked that part because it's the only part one of the only parts where i don't know he's i guess he's doing camp or something uh but uh i don't know just adam sandler it's the only, one of the only parts where it seems like adam sandler just i, I don't know it's a it's a whole tangle of a, a tackle to really talk about some of this stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of the only parts where it seems like Adam Sandler is uh, kind of embracing just pretending to be gay, but in a way that isn't like, oh shit, I have to pretend to be gay, but I'm the straight guy. Yeah, which but he's I, just sort it, of like is like has this little moment with the shopkeeper, and they're sort of like, I don't know. I thought it worked. <laughs> I think it does moment. too, and I I think I think what you're talking about is like, on one hand, Chuck is very um, 
very masculine like he's a mm-hmm. womanizer and he's really cool and much like adam sandler in real life he's just fucking incredible at basketball so he's just a very mm-hmm. masculine guy and yeah. it's difficult for him to act the role of a gay man yeah and it seems easier for larry to just be like okay it's not that big of a deal i'll give this guy a kiss whereas like yeah. chuck just has a mental block he can't do it yeah um, but i think part of that may also be like Adam Sandler being the guy who is not the antagonist, but is super cool and comfortable making fun of anybody. And yeah, like where do you draw the line or what kind of, how can I act out? Like I can act like a total weirdo and like Billy Madison or Mickey or something, but like, can I actually act like a very flamboyant person? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is kind of interesting to think about that line blurring between Chuck and and Adam Sandler. Okay, so we also got uh, Rachel Dratch. She's yeah. back. Oh yeah, again. yeah. Um, once again, playing a secretary. She's playing, or no, she's not a secretary. She's a um, she works. She's at a secretary the... and click, but she works. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't know. She works at uh, the state. The State Department. St- where state the department. where the state where all the state stuff is. Yeah. Um, and she's the one who gives Larry the idea uh, to, you know, get she's married. Like, yeah, she's like, you know, you could always um, just try to find somebody to marry. And she does this really hilarious, like, putting her hair behind her ear and kind of playing with her ring finger, which doesn't have a ring on it, and trying to drop the hint that, like, why don't we get married? And then, you know, you know you'll have your money. Um, but, yeah, that doesn't quite work out. Um Oh, another another interesting one, and I caught this one before I saw it in the credits, so that means I'm really smart. Um, the teacher, for when the the parents come to explain what they do at their jobs, the teacher is actually played by Adam Sandler's wife. Yeah. Oh, you already knew that. I saw it in the credits. Huh. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, I think I only know that because when I did that, used to do the DVD zone last season. Do you remember oh, a couple yeah. seasons ago? I used to do the DVD <laughs> yeah, zone. Yeah, I remember. That's a good. And um, yeah, and good uh, segment. It really was. Um, it cost me a lot of money. And when I did it, um, for uh, Eight Crazy Nights, the the love interest in that movie was actually like her cartoon character was modeled off of adam sandler's wife right so i was like that looks just like that cartoon girl i i know i was like where do i know that cartoon girl from did she because they actually work at kafenya they did actually uh animate her into this movie so there's just yeah one scene with a cartoon character in it yeah and everyone else is just normal yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't argue with every artistic choice you know sometimes i'm just like they're going for something i'll just just go for it yeah Let's see what sure. let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also I I didn't know this, but I caught it in the credits that Adam Sandler's wife, uh, uh, mom plays. Uh, I think the lady in the burning building, oh. the lady who comes out of the burning building. That's that's played by Adam Sandler's mom. Oh, okay. So yeah, keeping it in the family, and once again, an Adam Sandler movie where he. Uh, I don't know. He this one is was like his most ladies man movie. But I do yeah. feel like a lot of his movies 
feel like stories and maybe I'm only thinking of this one and 50 first, first dates but I feel like it happens elsewhere where it's like what Adam Sandler's character needs to do is stop being a little tomcat and just settle down with the woman he loves and all he needs yeah. to do is find that woman and then he can do it you yeah. know like he meets some woman and all of a sudden it's like oh love at first sight I really want to be with this person now I just need to like not be the person that I've been all my life. Right. <laughs> a total misogynist that's all, prick. That's all it takes. Yeah. Um, so this movie, uh, for me, I feel like I was thinking a lot about the Adam Sandler universe, the whole idea that all of these stories are shared, you know? And so yeah. like, some of the cameos, like obviously there's some, some stuff there. Um, um, but there's this moment, and, and just just hear me out. So there's a moment uh, when, when uh, Kevin James and Adam Sandler's characters are getting married, and Rob Schneider's character explains to them that marriage is like a circle. Yeah. And all of the badness flows out of it, and you keep the goodness in, and the goodness flows, and uh, it brings people together, um, and they're happy. And I was reminded of a moment in Happy Gilmore when Happy Gilmore is really struggling with um, with the um, with the golfing, and Kevin Nealon's character tries to explain to him the flow, and he says that the flow, and I quote, "It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter, you get on the horse, it goes up and down and around. It's circular, circle, with the music, the flow, all good things." <sighs> And, you know, now that I share that, I don't think it means anything. But isn't that an interesting uh, <laughs> coincidence? I think that it does mean something. Oh, good. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Stephen King, which also has a shared universe. Uh, and I believe in the Stephen King universe, there are certain things that cross over into different Stephen King books. And I think one of them is, uh, some of them are sort of mystical. Uh, and I think one of them is almost like, it has something to do with a mystical turtle. Mm. Uh, and that there's this mystical turtle at the center of things. And life or the universe came from this turtle. Um, I think that's in multiple. That Stephen sounds King fucking bonkers. Books. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think the circle is their, their hint. Okay, I'm going to do another one. Uh, okay. Another example. So all the ICP songs, I think, also take, or all the albums take place in a shared universe as well. Okay. And, you're, and as you go through them, uh, there's all these reference, references to, like, the puzzle box and the dark carnival and all this stuff and the, the twisted ringmaster and the... the Great Malenko. Yeah, the Great Malenko, the, the psychotic uh, juggler, uh, the, the, the guy who swallows swords, who is also uh, really scary looking. That's his official title. Anyway, there's all these characters and stuff and concepts. And at the end, uh, what you find out is that mm. uh, the, the dark carnival is God, or the puzzle box is God. Something is God, but uh, you realize that it's God, and it's God flowing through this dark carnival, 
as God flows through all yeah. things. And so I wonder if the circle is there beginning to develop their own yeah. uh, mythos of uh, spirituality that uh, kind of is at the center of all Adam Sandler movies is the circle and the idea of a circle, uh, kind of like the force also. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but all Star Wars movies take place in the same universe. Okay. Um, Who's who is Force? Who's Force? Yeah. Uh, Force is a little uh, uh, a little eight year old. Uh, okay. That uh, lives on a planet, and in one of the movies, Lando Calrissian has to uh, travel to this planet, and he finds the Force, and the Force says, "Hello, you've come a long way." And he's like, "Oh my God." You're just a little kid. I thought you were going to be like, like I don't know, a thousand years old or something. It's just a little kid playing with toys. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's fucking oh, crazy, fuck. man. Does the kid, when he says that, does the kid say, I am. I'm a million years old. And then like when you look down, the toys he's playing with are freaking Star Wars toys. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, for real. It's like a mind trip. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wonder if the circle is uh, there, kind of like their little mythology that they're putting in these movies. Yeah, I think so. Another little thing that I noticed in um, in, uh, in this movie is that Kevin James and uh, Adam Sandler have a fake gay relationship uh, well, I, I noticed that obviously, but what I connected. <laughs> did you realize? What? So they got like fake married. Okay. What? No. Um, another thing I was thinking about was in Fifty First Dates, the like opening little cameo moments of all these people giving their testimonials about how awesome yes. and sexy Adam Sandler's. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, Kevin James is one of the people who offers like a little story about how like he was, mm-hmm. you know, sweet talked and, and wined and dined by Adam Sandler's character. And that character's name in 51st States, Larry. Larry. Yep. It's Larry. I he just really said is... it with you. I didn't realize it. It's Larry. Yeah. And he really is. He really is gay. Um, or at least by, and, uh, is that the problem with this movie is that uh, it didn't really, it kind of had like by erasure, everything had to be one or the other. That's yeah. not how the world works. We all know that by now, I hope. But uh, anyway, so he at least uh, is interested in those in pursuing romantic relationships with men that look exactly like Adam Sandler. Uh, and that's this movie's way of figuring out that that's where the real pathos from this movie comes from. And that's why Kevin James's character was always more willing to go for the kiss. Uh, and it's because on the inside, he's really has this deep longing. And he's just like, you know, ever notice how he kind of laughs awkwardly whenever they talk about how they're fake married? Yeah. And they're fake in love with each other. And he's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah, fake. Yeah. Oh, and he's definitely the one that's, mo- I mean, emotionally invested in the movie. When they have that whole scene where somebody's gotten stuck in a vent up on a roof. And they have to get him out, um, and they get into that argument. It's yeah. very much. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a common, like, married couple argument about yeah, you yeah. aren't pulling your weight, you aren't mm-hmm. investing enough in this relationship. Um, I feel trapped in this relationship, you know. But Larry's the one who um, definitely feels like he's not getting enough from Chuck. Oh wait, you know what? I'm just remembering. Uh, Kevin James's character's name is actually Chuck in Fifty First Dates. So that kind of screwed up, actually. 
So I don't know what that means. I don't know oh, what they're going for there. What? It's the circle, man. Oh, man. I think man. it's, it's saying something about reincarnation, but I don't know. I think know. it is, I too. Can't get into it that. has to be. It has to be. Um, or or maybe it's the multiverse, right? Like where there's like... Oh, yeah. We some, already figured that out. Yeah, right? where the, it's, some characters like show up across different multiverses. Rob Schneider's learned, character, some of the time. Yes, he can... He can, um, what do they call that? Plane shift? Plane walk? He can walk uh, the planes. I refer to it as sliding. Sliding, okay. Uh, shout out to the TV show Sliders. Okay. Yeah. Great Is that a show. Star Wars show? <laughs> uh, I think at some point it's revealed that it's part of the Star Wars universe. Okay. But, uh, Force shows far. up and yeah. he's like, I just want to play with my new car. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's the slider car. <laughs> yeah. That's the car we used to slide slide into other dimensions yeah yeah force uh-huh. where did you get that and he's like i just got it at the store man oh, that's good but what store okay um <laughs> so this movie other things that are in this movie that we watched <laughs> that sounded like you were like adding it in after the fact like we'd already made like right there we were like i can't think of anything else to say let's just stop it here this sucks you could like if you think of something just add it in later so anyway justin uh yeah i was gonna do your voice too but you're you are still here Uh, or are you uh nicholas tachero he's also in this movie yes brucey yep brucey from uh the longest yard he played a um, kind of a closeted gay man yes. in The Longest Yard. And oh. he, and in this. And in this. Kind of, well, is that, that's the one, right? Yeah. I Yeah. Did he, I mean, in this one, I know he's like excited when gay guys like him. Oh, yeah, no. And well, he's got to be what that means, right? Yeah, but he, because yeah. he also asked two people, to, two men to marry him at various times. So, yeah. Oh, okay. for sure. Like, just dis- discovering well, so do, it. So does, so does Larry, but. Apparently he's not. Good point. Okay, I so I guess you've proven my original point. <laughs> you might say. <laughs> uh, you know who gets uh, name dropped in this movie? Oh, I know. Go that's ahead. A, that's a uh, callback to a different Absalom movie as well. <laughs> to anger uh, management. The great mayor Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> that's what Dan Aykroyd describes him. He says, "Yeah, I've served under several mayors." He names a couple, and he's like, "And the great mayor, Rudy Giuliani." And then somebody in the background's like, "He's fucking great." Yeah, it's it's, it's are they? He's never gonna ruin this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as we know now, uh, he was a great mayor and did nothing to tarnish that legacy in any way whatsoever. <laughs> after no words. Yeah, both of those things are true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like this was could could be seen as like. A post nine eleven movie, for sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Let me let me hear your thoughts on that, and then uh, if they're better than mine, I won't even share mine. Okay. <laughs> um, I think just that. First of all, everything goes back to nine eleven, as we established in the last podcast. Yes. Everything goes back to it, 
Um, I kind of thought that Larry's wife was going to have died in 9-11. Like, that was going to be... Because they... I, I feel like yeah. they, they, like, teased it out for a while, not really establishing what happened. I think she gets sick, though. I think, I think so, yeah. yeah there's a moment where Chuck is like, you know, we, we, we knew it, he knew it was coming, but that didn't yeah. make it any easier. So, yeah. Right. Um, okay. It's a... Po- yeah, well... They're firefighters in New York, and it, there's a lot of firefighter pride. Yeah. And there's one point when they're wearing, like, a shirt that says, like, never forget. But really, it, I think just, it's not, it's because, again, like like I was saying in the last one, 9-11 was such a huge political event that anything remotely related to it afterwards is in some way like I don't know if commentary is the right word but in some way a reaction or something yeah. to it is in some way connected to it and I like think you that... can't talk about New York firefighters mm-hmm. without it being I mean it's only I mean it's six years I think they knew that yeah. the fact that they were assured the fact that they mentioned Rudy mm-hmm. Giuliani like yes it's all there yeah yeah I think that so even though the uh, firefighters are portrayed as homophobic in this movie which at some point we'll have to talk about this movie's relationship to homophobia or uh, not i don't know do we uh, need to we no. can skip it but yeah. uh, it's not an anyway, important part no even though the <laughs> firefighters are portrayed as homophobic and that is portrayed as being a negative <clears throat> thing they are also heroes yeah. and ultimately they do the right thing by supporting their friends uh, and yeah, I, and I just think that, I don't know, you know, firefighters save people from burning buildings. That's, uh, a unquestionably heroic thing I, to do. Yeah, I guess that's commendable. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they could, uh, do something even more heroic. Uh, they could start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or really invest in fire, fire prevention, you know, yes, so you don't even have fires. True. Wow. Yeah. They're they're fucking scam artists. I knew they it. They really are. Yeah, they're probably they're always trying to stop. Someone's like, I'm gonna fireproof my home, and the firefighter comes by and he's just like, you know, I uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Uh, <laughs> we've got some uh, rules in this here neighborhood. A lot you know of I'm bad saying? things could happen if you fireproof your home. <laughs> like like firewise. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so so it feels kind of like, is it too cynical to say that, like, yeah, and yet, so, like, hero- firefighters are heroic, and the 9-11 firefighters absolutely heroic, uh, and at the same time, because of, God, because of 9-11, and because we decided to uh, invade Iraq <laughs> as a direct response... I just can't help but see any kind of thing that has anything to do with 9-11 that doesn't have some sort of criticism in it to basically be saying firefighters are good and that's why we had to invade Iraq. <laughs> firefighters are good. Shut the fuck up and let <laughs> yeah. me do this. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. too far, but that well, is Well, I feel like one of, the th- <laughs> one of the like cynical ways I was seeing it is like, um, well, I don't know if like cynical is even the right word, but just... It felt like a movie about coming together. 
and coming together despite your differences, which mm-hmm. I feel like is a message mm-hmm. that we hear a lot from like the political elite and like mm-hmm. people entrenched um, in power True. and money. And it's like, let's just come together. Let's just put yeah. our differences aside and come together. But I thought it was interesting that they kind of did it under the guise of an actually meaningful cultural issue, you know, which yeah. like 10 years ago, gay marriage was still not legal, yeah. you know? Um, yes. They have to get so, married in Canada. And yeah. there is actually, for all this that we're sort of talking and uh, post 9-11, patriotism, whatever, uh, they do say uh, something about like, I don't know, at the end of the movie, they give like five speeches about everyone should love who they want to love uh, type stuff especially us straight guys and we give you all permission to do that kind of thing but um because we're the best you're welcome no uh, but uh, they do say so that's why we should all come to canada to get married unlike that uptight country to the south and they literally do say that which yeah is a dig at america which you don't always see yeah movies yeah so a very i mean as usual, I think anytime we're trying to find like a consistent theme or like a consistent message, we're probably gonna like find flaws in that theory. But I, I do think there's like a weird mix of like firefighters are great, so nine so the war in Iraq was okay. Yeah. Also, and but also we we've been through trouble, so everybody shut up and let's just band together. But also guys it's really stupid to be homophobic it's really stupid to try to police who people love and who people want to be with like all three of those things seem to be operating in in the movie at the same time yeah and also wouldn't it be funny if some straight guys had to pretend to be fucking gay oh my god (laughs) like that's also in the movie (laughs) like what if yeah what if they had to like hold hands and shit so i feel like so you know i think what I, I did just watch the trailer before we got on here, and uh-huh. the fascinating thing about the trailer and what I expected from it is there is no mention of like the actual homophobia that they face in the movie or any of the real obstacles they face. Pretty mm-hmm. much the trailer is just like, these two guys are totally straight. And the issue is they got they got fake married and the government's about to find out and that's all you get of like yeah. premise and then it's just like funny little moments uh, um, and then there's this you great mean we line. have to sleep in the same bed <laughs> not a life on the movie or an impersonation of a character in the movie but uh, it could be I liked it yeah, yeah. Um, one of the lines from the trailer that I really liked was the only thing harder than being a man's man. It's letting go of being a ladies' man. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was funny. I just thought that was a really, like, wow, that really resonates with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they focus in on Chuck's relationship with Alex and uh, oh, give yeah. no hint at all that, you know, like, that's the actual plot line, not them, you know, dealing with really just rampant homophobia in every yeah, facet yeah. of their lives, which is actually what a good portion of the movie is about. Yeah, that's true. Um, going back to like homophobia in the movie. Um, so I have a question about it because in the past we have called a lot of things we saw in Adam Sandler movies, homophobic. And I think that's probably the best term to use for them, but the difference between them and, and this movie 
made me want to call those things to call things in this movie homophobic and to call things in previous movies like heteronormative or something like really heteronormative mm. jokes that like call out where like uh, you know in 50 for or, um, in the longest yard all of these friends are making like in crowd jokes about their gay friends but they're not ostracizing them so it's almost like they're i don't know i mean they're making it's it it's i don't know how to describe it because in this movie the difference is people are literally scared like the other firefighters are actually literally homophobic mm. they are fearful of homosexual men and like when they're taking showers and they drop the soap they're terrified and it becomes this huge ordeal of like who's going to pick up the soap now um because chuck and larry are in the showers with us and we obviously can't just bend well, over and grab the soap yeah well, that's like performed fictional homophobia that the movie is intentionally depicting to be a depiction of homophobia that then the movie can uh, shake its finger at and say, yeah. that's wrong. Whereas joke, the jokes in the movies are uh, just the movies being homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> Would be my take on it. I just, I was, it, <laughs> it made me think about the word itself, homophobia. Yeah. Um, because... Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, it's it's weird because, like, in crowd, you know, we could, you know, you and I could make jokes about each other that have nothing to do with, you know, our our sexual orientation, but, like, just making jokes. But those jokes wouldn't necessarily mean we were fearful of... I don't know. It's, it's a semantic question, really, but um, it seemed like, you know, that this is definitely the podcast to really address it. Hmm. No, yeah. it doesn't really seem that. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast is not the place to do that. But I don't know, just because I was writing down homophobic, I was like, no, this is, li you know, this is for real. Like they're depicting actual homophobia, um, and maybe they're doing the same thing. It's just I, like light homophobia. But yeah, I mean, I guess I just see them as both. They're like, I mean, they're both different manifestations of it, and one is certainly you've got a homophobia that is like Westboro Baptist Church type mm -hmm. shit or like actual like oh this this guy's gay we got we got to get him out of here like i don't know and then there's like a more benign version where it's like well yeah, no, you're you're still a freak but we love you anyway i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know like, yeah but it's still like I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's still <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's still taking a... It may still be yeah. worthwhile to call it just straight-up homophobia, it's... to call it out for, mm -hmm. like, don't mince words and just, yeah. Does it not come from... Because does it not also come from uh, fear, I guess, in some way, or... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just... Otherwise, I'm, if I... it was totally, like... I don't know. It's yeah, not, it's just I, tough I because in crowd teasing yeah. is is totally different than a lot of. I mean, what we're seeing here, but at the same time, in crowd teasing is among friends. It is not broadcast to millions of people. You know, like the longest yard Even, is not really in crowd yeah. teasing. It's the semblance of in crowd teasing for a whole bunch of. I would imagine Adam Sandler's audience is largely heterosexual men. Yeah. Um, so and uh, yeah, it's definitely different. 
Yeah, even in crowd teasing, like, are you making, like, isn't that also, like, wouldn't that also be homophobic? Even if, even if everybody involved is, like, unless it's explicitly, like, we're doing a satire on this, um, but if you're just, like, uh, this is Greg, he's gay, I'm gonna make a bunch of gay jokes to him, but he knows that he's still my friend, and right, maybe yeah. Greg's, like, you know, I don't know. Greg's <laughs> well, then fine. it's no longer Greg in crowd. I mean, I think that's the, that, like, right, know. that's the thing when it, like, it's not in, if it's not in crowd then it doesn't land and that's why like it has to be i mean but then there's like this whole question of like well yeah but greg could make fun of his straight friend but it's not nearly the same because there's that not nearly the baggage of oppression you know yeah. behind these things happening but um man i'm getting i'm getting into like an argument that Slavoj Žižek made that I don't even agree with so <laughs> I, I want to stop all right <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I think uh, yeah I think a lot of this movie for me and its ultimate stance despite uh, all the different like everyone should love who they want to love it's okay to be whoever you want to be uh, and here's the spoiler we already spoiled this movie oh shit oh I, I said People I gave a spoiler pissed. no I gave a spoiler warning um, at the very beginning you might just like at the at the very start of it just say spoiler warning. This you already did though. No, but not at the very start. Um <laughs> not like the very very start. It's fine. I'll just put it something in the description. Spoilers start at Yeah, that's a good idea. Whatever time. Um for me, I think that this movie is summed up because whatever its appearance, whatever attitude it wants to present um, at the end of the day uh, it can imagine nothing like at, it could not pull the trigger on actually having Chuck and Larry kiss <laughs> oh like it didn't it it didn't have the balls to have them actually wow kiss. and they're about to do it and Dan Aykroyd Burst through the fucking wall like the Kool-Aid man. I will not let this happen. <laughs> and he says something like, I would rather be thrown into a pit of howling dogs or something. I don't know what he <laughs> said. I literally just watched the scene and I don't remember, but he says something it's like, really I would intense. rather be stapled to the fucking wall moon. and beaten. Or yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be stapled to the moon. And then watch, have it blown then up. Hap, then have to asunder. watch two straight men have to kiss each other uh. and it's yeah <laughs> I don't know. make that what you will but to me I think that kind of sums it up which is that uh, yeah I don't know damn I mean I do know but I'm not articulating it right now no that's uh, that's heavy it's just like let him do it and I wonder if so the the writers for this I don't remember all of their names but Alexander Payne was one of them and he did like the screenplay for Sideways and Election and he also oh. wrote and directed about Schmidt. Okay. Um, so I feel like we're kind of dealing with a writer who um, oh, is a I little. Think... What's up? 
I just you know say like a little more nuanced and I, I just wonder if that's one of those like cutting room floor type things like those last moments where the production company comes in and is like we need a scene where Dan Aykroyd ruins this or like I don't know we need a scene where they slap each other instead of mm-hmm. kissing because it's just not going to work to have them kiss I don't know but um, I don't know well what if you, what if I argue this what if I say it's good that the movie didn't have them kiss because I don't know why, but what about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I don't know what to say yeah. about that. Mm. I never thought about it. Yeah, no rebuttals, I see. <laughs> um, I think I was reading, actually, that uh, the writer, one of the writers of the movie, uh, who wrote it uh, said that he was he was disappointed with the end result because he felt like the Adam Sandler team kind of came in and made an Adam Sandler movie. Really? Which wasn't necessarily what he was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Just, look that. Look that you up. Look that up, huh? I can't look it up. My computer won't let me uh, okay. have logic and more Too than one things. Chrome yeah. window open at a time. Directed by Dennis Dugan. That's a familiar name. Oh, the director. Yeah. Uh, production. Are you on dial-up internet or what? (laughs) According to Alexander Payne, the writer, this is Wikipedia, according to Alexander Payne, the writer of an initial draft of the film, Sandler took many liberties with his screenplay, Sandlerizing the film in his own words. At some point, he did not want his name attached to the project. But it was. Yeah. Well. Wait. I, I don't like, actually. You know I don't what? know that this it was great. I don't know that it was. Me- oh. <laughs> this movie made one hundred and eighty-nine million dollars. I guess I like it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know that he's actually mentioned in the movie. All I re- the only name I remember seeing was Dennis Dugan. Oh. Okay. So the writers might not have been listed. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie. So. Yeah. Um. Again, that's. I, I've. I've talked about this before. I think we're in the era and i don't know how long we'll be in this era but i think we're in the era where writers pitch movies to studios or studios pick up movie ideas and they're like oh we can use this like oh hey here's an adam sandler movie or like okay adam needs another movie and we want to do one with kevin J. oh here's one it's about two guys who get married this will be yeah. perfect i think so too um i mean i was thinking as i was watching it that like Adam Sandler's really not the best guy to play this character. Like, I, I'm buying it well enough, but I'm not really buying that he's this, like, sleazeball womanizer. He's just... Right. He doesn't have the looks of a... No. Of a... Um, a Steve Buscemi or a... You know, heartthrobs. I'm trying to think of heartthrobs. <laughs> yeah. Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah. Uh Who else? Those are the only two I have posters of, so they came to mind right away. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. like, like I, I, mean, I think Jim Carrey might have been able to pull off a better version of that character than, uh, than Adam Sandler. Yeah, maybe. Although Adam Sandler chewing gum, I'm charmed by that. Hmm. He chews a lot of gum. gum He chews a lot of gum. Always chewing gum. Yeah, kind of maybe a hint about a, yeah, 
Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Could be like a <laughs> subtext of like oral fixation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not how much they're, to read. They're, this they're really uh they're really trying to they're really trying to tease us with that there's a deeper movie happening here. <laughs> I will say compared to Rain Over Me, I, it was really nice to watch a movie that um for me just had a coherent theme you know ouch yeah Oof. <laughs> Oof. hey i read a interesting rain over me fact uh adam sandler was talking about playing it playing the role and he's saying usually he's a really easygoing guy so to prepare for the role he started carrying all of his pain on the inside or like just carrying stuff on the inside and he's talking about the movie and he's like filming the movie and he's like I had a headache every single day of the shoot because he was trying to internalize just Whoa. everything that was happening like to his day. Yeah, it sounds like I'm bullshitting right now, but this is a story, an actual story that I read. Um, and then he was like, they were kind of asking him, "Are you so? Are you, you got another one coming up? Are you gonna do another one?" And he's like, "I'm gonna take a break from dramatic roles for a while because I just he doesn't enjoy them. I think that much." Because it sounds like, like I get, I think he takes them really seriously. Yeah, I got to do a really good job. Daniel Day Lewis up in here. I have to like internalize (laughs) method acting. I'm gonna go live. I'm gonna live in an apartment by Uh myself with just Shadow of Colossus, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna remake the kitchen a few times. I'm gonna spend six weeks there, and then I'll be ready to play the Joker. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Damn, that's really intense. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought he did a good job myself, but... Yeah, he did a good job. I just thought, I mean, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our Rain Over Me episode, probably our most popular episode to date, (laughs) you should check it out. Um, For sure. But I I know there were a lot of disputes on the airwaves about, over the airwaves about, you know, know, is this movie really, like, kind of embracing domesticity? Is it trying to say something else? But, no, no doubt about it, though, Adam Sandler brings in a stellar performance um yeah anything else ving, you to... ving Ra- uh is it ving rames yeah he's in this movie too yeah he is uh yeah he does i thought he was uh maybe the best character yeah uh, and he's the only one that kind of feels like a real person is somewhere in there. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It's like, I kind of believed him, his character, uh, in a way that he plays this very intimidating that, That's called acting, that's my a friend. Firefighter, firefighter. But then it turns out he comes out of the closet at some point. Yeah. Because Kevin, or Chuck and Larry's fake marriage has inspired him. And it turns out that he is both a really intimidating man and also... Um, yeah, I guess he has a softer side or he likes to sling in the shower and I don't know. I thought that was a good mix showing how, uh, the melding of sort of, uh, arc masculinity and then some softer characteristics that I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Create a real human being somewhere in there. Yeah. As I said, um, uh, there were some other Tila Tequilas in this movie. That's, oh, yeah. That's neat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, the most, you know, just like humanized character, one of the most humanized characters. 
She's Tequila, in it Tequila. for five yeah. seconds. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, the mailman is played by Robert Smeagol. He was good. What else has he been in? Yeah, I don't know. It's just he's like a comedian, I think. Okay. Uh, um, Rob Corddry. Yeah. Uh, who at the time I think was on the Daily Show. Uh, he plays one of the evangelical uh, homophobes. He's the one that Chuck punches. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's all I wrote down. It looks like uh, <laughs> who was in the movie in my notes. Uh, there are a few scenes that made me laugh. Oh, yeah, let's hear those. Um, in one of them, Kevin James falls down a ladder and hits. he hits every rung. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and he acts like it's totally natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I think Kevin James, I watched a stand-up special of him uh, when I was 13 years old. And I thought he was pretty funny. I thought he was a great <laughs> physical comedian. Yes, that's uh, what I was going to... He doesn't do enough of it in this. Like, it's very uh-huh. light. Phys- I think there are really two... That moment with the ladder and the moment with the blow-up doll. Once Chuck moves in, yeah, uh, he, Larry starts yeah. getting all of his like pornography and, and right. sex toys in the mail. Um, and there's a moment with his daughter coming in. Like, what is that, Daddy? And he's like trying to hide it really quickly. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. he's he's good at that stuff. Uh, there's, there are a few other ones. Oh, uh, one is a moment where they like, they need to make their trash more gay because the inspector is searching through the state inspector is searching through their garbage. Um, and so like, some of it's like, yeah, okay. It's what you expect. And it's like, is this, it's like, it's portraying their homophobia and you're supposed to laugh at that. But don't you think that, like, I guess the problem with it is, don't you know that at least some people are also laughing with them? So they, like, yeah. buy Brokeback Mountain, and they throw it in the garbage, because that's what a gay person has in their trash. Yeah. Um, because everyone knows gay people really like good movies. And throwing them um, away. And throwing, them, and throwing them away after they're done with them. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a weird thing, and they're just like, well, I watched this movie, uh, you know... Uh, I probably won't watch it again for another 10 years. I'm going to throw it away. It. And, yeah, I've and already seen I'll, it. Why would yeah. I look at all the pictures And really, again? if I wanted to watch it again, I would buy it again. Yeah. Because I think every time you see a movie, you should have to pay for the experience. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's that's a little known fact. Yeah. That's a little known uh, stereotype about, about the <laughs> LGBTQ We're here to dismiss it. Or LGBTQ community. Um, no, so they do that. Oh, I was going to say, you know that there's some guy in the audience who's like, poof, poof, poof. Yeah. yeah, gay people like broke back mountain. Broke back More like mouth. broke, broke butt mountain. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you sent me but, that. I was like, why did you text me that? <laughs> um, but he uh, at one point, he, uh, part of the garbage is that he makes a dick and balls out of like a cucumber yeah. and two oranges. He holds in his hand and then he throws them into the garbage. Walks it over. <laughs> clicks the button on like, it and drops it just in the like garbage. drops it into the garbage which obviously it would come detached <laughs> first of all just the idea but like it would become detached so it would just be like vegetables and fruit in the <laughs> garbage but you know like I don't know that was a funny part yeah and also I thought the scene and the conceit where uh, they're having their argument but they're supposed to be rescuing someone and that person's feet are both sticking out of 
like a chimney or something. Yeah. And it's just there. Uh, yeah, and the feet are just there the whole time. So you that, never see that person's face. Good bit. Yeah, that one that one I think would have been a good bit, but I kept I thought it was one of those situations where I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, like, oh, this person's really going to be someone who's going to rat them out, and now everyone's yeah. going to know. So that kind of sucked that I, I mean, that was just where my mind went, so I was waiting for that to happen. And then it didn't, and it's like, well, damn, I wish I could have just enjoyed the, the okay. scene on its own merit instead of imagining that it had some significance later on in the plot. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, would, I thought that might happen too, but uh, that just made me think it was funnier that it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it just... It, you never find out who it is. It's just some feet. Yeah. I tell you one moment that like I laughed at, but I was like more out of just absolute shock was when uh, Chuck moves in and he and Larry are sleeping in the bed mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. Yeah. And Larry's lying there and Chuck is lying there um, where, you know, Larry's ex or where Larry's deceased wife used to uh-huh. sleep. And he's lying there and then he's like, how could you do this to me, Larry? You made yeah. a promise. So Chuck is talking for Larry's dead wife, like the ghost of his dead wife, and like talking about how sad she is that Larry has betrayed her, which was just fucking bonkers. And then he does that later on in the movie too. And I just, I don't even know what that is. I don't, I don't feel like I've seen a joke that insensitive although it's insensitive in Adam Sandler movies, but like it's insensitive about death rather than all of the other things that yeah. Adam Sandler movies tend to be insensitive about. It um, had a yeah, it was just darker tone than uh, I thought the jokes in a lot of in these movies generally. Yeah. Like, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause none of just... these movies aren't usually, uh, yeah, they don't usually go in uh like dark or even direction. like ba- they're not like trying to push boundaries of humor or no anything not like at that. all it's all very comfortable mainstream yeah. like um yeah know, absolutely what, like, like it ends up it ends up being offensive because the mainstream is offensive is offensive yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but it's but not that, like trying to be trying transgressive to that, but that no. was definitely a moment of like holy fuck that's yeah crazy uh yeah yeah I don't know if All there right. were any moments I laughed at or not, but would you recommend this movie? Yeah. Um, no. Oh, okay. Why not? <laughs> but because uh, it's not very good. Okay. Uh, but I did want to say, as I said, those parts. I didn't just think they were funny. I laughed out loud, and for a comedy, I think that is the ultimate compliment. But uh, the rest of the movie, I don't know. Not very good. All right. Um, I think if you've, ah, man, I I feel like I'm on the fence on this one. Oh. Because I think it was entertaining enough to watch. Um, it wasn't boring. There were fun slash funny parts. I had fun. Um. But I also, yeah, I don't really think it's a good movie. It's almost like I want to recommend it in relation to the other Adam Sandler movies. Like, I want to recommend this if you like all of Adam Sandler's other movies. Like, (laughs) just genuinely like all of the movies we've talked about before now. You should watch this one. Because it may make you think. (laughs) 
like, huh, maybe I shouldn't use homophobic slurs anymore. Like, I just thought it was funny, but well, maybe it's kind of hurtful. Damn. Well, it is just, to you, it's just a funny word, like pickle. <laughs> Not me, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, that was a reference to the movie Rain Over Me, another one. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I have already wiped that. Okay, movie. <laughs> he calls him. Uh, he calls him the f word in the movie. <laughs> He's oh. like, well, come on and watch this movie with me, you. And yeah. then uh, the guy's like, "Whoa, homophobic slur or something." And Adam Sandler's like, "Well, to a gay guy, that's offensive. To you, it's just a funny word, like pickle." And now, that's in right. literally the next Adam Sandler movie, he's saying, "I learned you should never call people." <laughs> The F word. And I <laughs> Which I think might translate to, my wife and I had a couple talks, and <laughs> <laughs> she made some really good points. <laughs> and then I saw this script, and I decided to pick it up. Yeah. You shouldn't use the F word. Yeah, and he even says, Maybe, yeah. he uses the, he gives the example, I mean, Chuck in the scene, because Chuck uses the F word in the earlier parts of the movie, but at the end, someone uses it, and he's like, hey, you shouldn't use that word. Um, mm. It's like calling me a K, the Jewish derogatory word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just like a straight up moment of acknowledging like this word is bad. It is hurtful and it has a really negative history and you shouldn't use it. Yeah, it's weird that they all like stare directly at the camera yeah. during this part. They like and then turn say around Justin and like, at the end. Like, why me? Word. I don't use that word. Why are you calling me out? Oh, they, they said that, Justin. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. Yeah. That's right. I thought they were saying Dustin, and I mm-hmm. thought it was they were trying to send a message to Dustin Hoffman. Because, oh. Because, you know, I figure they, like, run into each other or something. I thought I thought that guy's always, like, giving them shit. But. Yeah, I kind of, I've, I've been feeling like the past few movies have been, like, thinly veiled kind of jabs at Dustin Hoffman. And I didn't know, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really coalesced for me into anything, like, a coherent statement, but definitely something going on there. <laughs> circle (laughs) it really is um all right uh so next up i think i think it's zohan yeah you don't mess with the zohan zohan Um, zohan zohan uh i think it's zohan i remember trailers for it i don't know for sure maybe it's zohan um but yeah, that's just going to be a treat. This might be like the deepest valley. We're, we're in the valley now, aren't we? We're in a valley, yeah. We've, <laughs> we're in a mega valley inside a, another valley. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we're getting into it. Although, so I was looking it up. Um, Do we talk about all the different shows that are coming up? Can we just kind of pique people's interest? Sure, yeah. So we've got You Don't Mess With the Zohan. And then we've got Bedtime Stories, which I think will be an interesting kind of yeah, it's kids surprise. Movie, yeah. And then we've got Funny People. So really three in a row that are just mm-hmm. pretty distinct films. Yes. And then, oh man, then we're going with Grown Ups. Excellent. The classic. Just, just go with it. Okay. I think that's a rom-com. Jack and Jill. Okay that's my boy okay okay and i'll and i'll stop there with uh with that's my boy so we've got we've got some work cut out for us so once i i don't think we'll get to jack and jill till like or that's my boy till like 2023 but 
<laughs> I was going to say, that'll round out the year. Yeah, it might. Man, I can't wait to see uh, Uncut Gems. I know. In, uh, 2035. Uh, yeah, it's going to be re- pretty I refuse cool. to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait there. to stream it into my actual literal brain. That's going to be really yeah. cool in 2035 when I can just, oh, like, yeah. put the movie, like, yeah. You're going to have a, you're going to die of a panic attack. I hear it's tense. And if you're streaming that into your brain, Ooh. you'll feel like you are those characters. Well, the nice thing is you can choose to stream it live or you can stream it as storage and then it's in your it's in your recall so you oh. just remember the movie. So I'm probably going to just it saves I mean it's going to save me time to just remember the movie rather than actually watch it. Um Sounds like Anne Rand again. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew anything about her novels. I could make more jokes. <laughs> You're setting me up with some golden ones, I know, but I just can't no. can't swing this damn bat. Um, yeah, so anyway, again, just to reiterate before we close out this, this uh, episode, if you want to send us an email, the, uh, the email address is 4aspodcast uh, at gmail.com. That's the letter four, and then or the number four, not, not to be confused with the letter four. It's the number four, and then the letters A S, and then podcast at gmail dot com, and um, and uh, also if you're so this is a question that that my that I had with Uncut Gems because my brother, um, a longtime listener and friend of the show, Austin, he said you guys should just go see Uncut Gems and do a special episode for it. And then we didn't. And then um, other friends, uh, Cynthia, longtime listener and friend of the show, and then this other person that she's friends with, Catherine, they said that we should have done that too. And so maybe that's a question for us to be thinking about, but also for uh, maybe someone would ever want to email us and let us know. If you want to see how I'm tricking them, you like how I'm tricking them? If you want to email us and and give us your feedback on that, let us know if we should do that or not. All right. Until next time, um, thank you. Stay cool. And Sandler on. Sandler on. Well, you better have cuffs for three because I'm going to jail with them. How was that, Captain? I'm a co-conspirator. I know all about this little scam from day one, and I didn't say a thing about it. Man, Captain, I, you don't have to do yeah, this. He please. didn't know nothing. Fine, I'll have all three of you arrested. Slap some cuffs on me. Because I helped him plan the wedding. I drove him to the airport. I picked out Chuck's dress. Yeah, I know about it. Dress? Why does everybody assume I'm the woman? It's the way I walk? What is it? And I caught the bouquet in my mouth. I liked it. That's the way it works with us firemen, sir. You throw one of us in a fire, we all go rushing in. You throw one of us in jail, you gotta throw the whole lot of us in jail. So, what's it gonna be? Everything would've been fine if you just let me and Larry make out like we were gonna. Then you had to go all new Rockley on us.